Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Today, we are getting into some writing theory, sharing our best tips for writing email subject lines that people cannot wait to open. My name is Belinda Weaver. I am a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I am the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass. With me as always is Kate Toon. Hello, my name's Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success online learning hub. Today, Kate, we're getting into some nuts and bolts of copywriting, but I wanted to know before we get started, what do you wish you could do better? I wish that I could swim front crawl. What do you call it in Australian? You call it something else. You don't call it crawl. The one where you do your arm. Freestyle. Freestyle. I wish freestyle. I could do that. I can't I can't do the breathing. So that was the oh, first thing really that came in my mind. I think you probably wanted something businessy there, didn't you? But I I didn't couldn't think of anything. No, mine isn't businessy. Mine is um I wish I had a better memory. Oh, okay. You're pretty good. good. Well, I write a lot of things down, but um, I always admire my husband because he can recall information that he learned years and years and years ago. Oh, he's one of them. He's one of those people. But I'm like, it's archived. That's way in the back. That's I'm not accessing that again. I've so, already, I've already forgotten what you just said. That's how good my. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wish I had that that kind of recall ability. Yeah, that would be good. I also, having spent some time on the weekend with my son, trying to blow bubbles with bubble gum. I wish I could do that. And also that thing, you know, where you put your fingers in your mouth and you go. Um, I want to be able oh, to do yeah. that. Oh, my mum's a champion whistler like that. Oh, really? So many life skills that I don't possess. <laughs> life skill shortage on both sides both that's us. us we need to work harder but what we do know segue is oh, about nice. email subject lines oh that was so smooth <laughs> so smooth <laughs> so as i mentioned in the intro we're talking about email subject lines today now you might be writing emails to your clients or writing emails for your clients but either way your email is clawing for inbox space and i'm actually doing clawing gestures with my hands there so when I was researching for this pod, I found this two, uh, 2016 article from HubSpot and they said, quote, 33% of email recipients decide whether or not to open an email based on the subject line alone. That's why it's so important to craft subject lines that are compelling enough to get people to click through, end quote. So yeah, I would say I definitely prioritize an email based on the subject line. Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much just delete all the emails that I ever get that from the sales, even though I actually signed up to them. Um, you know, there's a that idea that you have spam emails, but then there's also um, another name for it, which is bacon emails, which is not as bad as spam. It's kind of it's a bit less bad, and it's emails that you signed up for that at some point you were quite interested in, um, but that now you're like, why did I sign up for that? You know, so it's it's not pure spam. It's stuff you really wanted to know about, but now you're just like, I'm too busy make it go away and really it takes a a lot for me to actually read them um so i think it's pretty much the same i love a good stat and that stat above is quite terrifying but you know the whole 80 20 percent of the rule where 20 percent of people uh 80 percent of people will read the headline and 20 percent will read the article i think the same applies for emails as well yeah, absolutely, which is why it's so damn important. So I thought we could start the pod with some tips on what not to do 
just for a sense of drama. Um, so, you know, we're talking about the penalties here are that your email is ignored, it's deleted, or it's just sent straight to the spam folder. So, you know, in all three cases, no one, no one's reading it, let alone opening it and taking action. So I would say that long or vague email subject lines are the best way to get your email ignored. Um, I personally like email lines that really quickly tell me what's inside and give me a reason to open the emails. Make it clear. Make it snappy. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I, I honestly, and we're going to go into some more tips and things not what to do, to do but I think being obscure is, is my biggest uh, tip here, what not to do, like trying to be too playful and too clever. I just don't think it's the right place to do that. I think there are other places you can play around with witty uh, headlines and subject lines and ideas, but just not in emails. I just don't think it works. No, absolutely. And not in an important bit of copy like the subject line. Yeah, totally. So spam folder, let's dig into that. How how do you avoid your emails going to the spam folder, Kate? Well, um, some of these are, are, are pretty obvious and you might have heard of them before, but I, I think they're really, really valid. Um, my first one would be, you know, not to use capital. So it's very tempting to sort of think, well, if I use all capitals, then um, I'm going to really stand out in the inbox. But that can actually be a huge spam trigger and, and will get you blocked straight away, as will using excessive punctuation. So full stops, exclamation marks, and especially uh, any kind of uh uh, money-related uh, symbol like dollars and, and pound notes. So those are two immediate ones that will just, you'll never get any further. But then there are other ones uh, such as specific words, which can get you uh, triggered, get the spam triggered. So things like discount, sale, free, guarantee, trial, quote, access, anything relating to money. So cash, fast cash, save, and obviously the word money itself, dollars. Um, they all uh, tend to set set bells ringing um, and uh, there's a great HubSpot list of trigger words in the show notes that we're going to share with you so check that out uh, just ones to avoid after a while it becomes common sense you like think well would I use open an email that had that world in it I probably wouldn't and it's a real shame because things like free and trial are words that I really want to use um, but you can't so MailChimp says that using words like help and percent off and reminder won't trip spam filters but it's likely that readers will ignore these emails has that been your experience Belinda have you ever tried out any of those no I have to admit this is not something I I a b test but no. um it's I use my like what do I want to read rule what do yeah. I ignore and I think you know when you can't go past looking in your own spam folder what what emails are getting sucked in there <laughs> it's so true yeah most of mine are porn porn related though not that i signed up for those i hasten to add uh, so obviously don't don't mention porn even if it, you have porn in your email try to refrain from mentioning it in the subject line if you ever want anyone to read your email as, I mean, as you said, free can be a really good one, but you've got to actually get it delivered. Um, yeah. And I would say like if you have got a discount or a promotion or a coupon um, or you want people to save money, you have to kind of invest in the relationship a lot earlier so that the emails that people are getting, they know it's from you and they know who you are and you're not going to get into the spam filter a lot, you know, really quickly if you actually know the person. 
Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, often in the, those first emails that you send, people would include a line about adding uh, this address to your safe sender list. Um, so some email platforms yeah. have an ability to say, this email's okay. And then after that, if you've, if you've managed to achieve that, although you obviously won't know if they've done that, then you can pretty much send them what you want because they've actually, you know, not only have they opted in or double opted in, they've actually said, these emails are safe and I'm happy to get them. Um, the problem is, is that most first emails, it's pretty annoying. I send a lot of emails and most first emails always end up in the promotions tab or the spam tab. It's really tricky. Even if you haven't used many of those uh, filter words, it's, it's especially with Gmail, it just seems anything that's not a literal person to person email ends up in the promotions tab, which is annoying. I think some formatting has is relevant there as well, because I noticed when I switched from um MailChimp to ConvertKit as a an email tool. Um, ConvertKit basically has no email templates. It it recommends you write all emails, whether they be marketing emails or not, to your subscriber list as plain text emails. Oh, that's hideous. So that really reflects that shift in in how people are responding to kind of pretty templated marketing emails. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I, we could talk about the deliverability of the different platforms, but I, not to bag out MailChimp, but I had so many deliverability issues with MailChimp. And since moving to Active Campaign, uh, that's the one that I use, I've had zero. So I send out, uh, I have a, uh, uh, it's not an opt-in, it's like an email course called the 10-day SEO challenge. And obviously it's all emails. So if people don't get them, they're physically not getting the course. And with MailChimp, I would get maybe 10 emails a day of people saying, I haven't got it, or I got email one, but I didn't get email two. And I got email three, but, and now I never get those emails. So I think this the platform and, and well, you know, templates, you know, plain text will always get through, but obviously plain text isn't particularly appealing. Um, some templates on some platforms seem to be better performing than others is what my experience is. So yeah, that's really interesting. So there's a lot more going on apart from just your copy, of course, yes, which exactly. is what we would say on all marketing that you're writing about. There's a lot more going on. Um, but let's let's get into some tips on subject lines, writing email subject lines that will get opened. And I think my my first tip is using a familiar sender name, which is what I just said. So you need to build a relationship with people so that when they see an email from me, Belinda Weaver, um, they know that they know who that is. Um, I used to use Copyright Matters a lot as I felt that was my brand and that was my business. Um, but I realized uh, after a little while that it's just not very personal. So I always use Belinda Weaver because it feels like it's coming from a real person then. And um, I feel that kind of my name is a lot easier to remember than my business name. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great tip. I think my first tip would be to keep subject lines short. Um, I remember a, a while back, um, I you know, I often give advice on how long headline should be, how long title tag should be. And I really looked into how long subject line should be. And MailChimp did a huge uh, uh, review of, of subject lines to see which ones performed better, which ones got more opens. And they found there really was no there was no number. So there's no exact number you can give. Um, but obviously, we all know that shorter is snappier. We all try and write short, compelling um, headlines for our articles. I think the same applies to subject lines. If it rambles on and on and on, just sort of think about the device it's being viewed on. It might get truncated. So shorter is sweeter, easier to digest and more likely to be seen in its entirety. 
That's right. And if you're in any doubt, have a look at your own inbox and see how many words you actually get to see of an email subject line. Yeah, exactly. My next one is to be straightforward, which is something we mentioned at the beginning. Just tell them what's in the email without being too clever. You know, like if it's a special offer, spam trigger word for VIP club members, just say that's what it is. If you've got a brand new high street store, say visit our brand new high street store. You might add a bit of mystery, you know, to that and say, and be rewarded or something to make it a bit um, a bit more interesting. But, you know, also like must read important new terms and conditions. You don't have to be clever with everything. I think making it clear is always going to win. Yeah, I like that. And I think there's some benefit there in terms of having like the main thing, like for example, you just had your must read colon, then the thing. I think that's quite powerful. So I'll often do like something, something colon, and then the explanation. Um, but I also like your idea there of having a benefit within the subject line. So it's like, here's the, the thing. We're not going to be too clever about it. And here's why you want to read this email. I think that's, I think that's really smart. My, um, Next one, which is probably the one, this is my fallback one, uh, is to pose a question. So, you know, uh, just although question marks can sometimes be a trigger as well, it's quite annoying. But yes, I often will will pose a question in my email titles. So, you know, want to know more about this or did you know that or, you know, just something because that's how I write emails when I'm emailing Belinda. I'll be like, hey, Belinda, have you done the thing? Or, you know, I'll, I'll use because that's how normal people write emails quite a lot. Yeah. I think posing a question can be quite powerful because then you immediately, you know, you have a response whether you open that email or not. There is some kind of response. Let's just hope the response is not no, go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, delete. No, yes, exactly. My favourite one is is quick question. Quick question, colon. Oh, you know, nice. That's Ooh. one of my go-tos or using that in the first line. There's a little yeah, tip for everyone. I'm bad. There. I use things like can you help and things like that. That's so dodge. It's so dodge but it does work. Well, the next tip I've got is kind of calls to action. And that's yeah. that's exactly what that is. You know, verbs and urgency, the same way you write a call to action, think about those same rules when you're writing a subject line. And you might say, you know, like, get this, do that, join me, open me, you know, and then use words like today, this week, only until Friday. Let people know that there's a time limit on it, if there is, because we've talked about false scarcity before with that online tool that we both subscribe to with the countdown clock anyway let it go belinda but you know <laughs> calls to action verbs and urgency that's another big tip i have yeah i think it can get it can get really hard because as, as anybody who's actually signed up to uh, either of belinda and i's belinda and mine mine and belinda's i don't know um email lists especially when you're in selling mode um and you're doing like sales emails and there really really definitely is a, a time limit it can be quite hard to phrase that so you know especially when you say things like today and maybe somebody doesn't see the email until the next day it's tricky so um it's it's it, the, the date thing is a good idea, but I find it pretty hard to execute for some reason. That's a good point. That's a good point. So dates can be effective as well. You know, I don't know, open this before something, something date might work as well. Um, now, another thing, this doesn't just apply to the subject line, it applies to the whole email. And, and it's often something that people do 
but I will say right now that I loathe it. And that is to make it personal. So obviously with all email platforms, you have the ability to tag personal information into elements of your email. So you can tag first name into the email subject line or into the body of the email. Hey, Belinda or whatever. Um, And so often you'll see subject lines that are like, hey, Kate, uh, great offer, you know, only until Friday. I actually really don't like that uh, because you know, nine times out of 10, these are email lists where the person doesn't know me. They, you know, they don't get to call me Kate. I don't sound so silly. I find it quite, I find it too much. Um, there are other ways to do personalization than just shoving the first name in there. So, you know, if you have a sophisticated email platform like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign, you can actually build up quite a profile of the individual. You, you know, you know what webinars they've they've been on of yours. You can even, you know, with ActiveCampaign, you can tell when they visited your site, what videos they've played, what image. It's very clever. So personalization shouldn't just necessarily be first name. There are lots of other ways that you can um, you can use it uh, without just falling back on, hey, Kate. Um, also terrible when someone's entered something other than their first name in the first name field. It just looks awful. So yeah. uh, <laughs> be careful how you use it. So I have a, a slightly different viewpoint. Like I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Like if you just jam jam the name in, um, the first name field in, it can it can backfire on you and it can just be a little lazy. So I think you do need to put in some extra thought. But I think there's something really powerful about seeing your name um, like I got one from Susie Daphnis from her business and I'm scanning down my very full inbox and I see quick question, Belinda. Oh, and yeah, it's, that's sneaky. It's, yeah, it's cliche, but my eye instantly went to my name. Yeah. And but I also, gave it a couple extra seconds. I guess as well, though, you personally know that person. So you, yeah, you, I do. If you might have thought maybe she actually does have a quick question for me. Then you open it up and it's a salesy. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. I, like it, it's part of my brain's going, you know, it's just marketing. Um, but part of my brain's like, ooh, someone said my name. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> that's what my brain sounds like. <laughs> Is that how your brain sounds? Yeah. I don't know what mine sounds like. Mine's like, oh, stop, make it stop. That's mine. Oh, I'm a Simpson. Yeah, mine's whingy and yours is Homer. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> probably like Marge. Mine's more Marge. Um, yeah, but so you know, these kind of personalization things. Um, some of them get really relaxed. Like you mentioned one at the beginning, which is you said was kind of sneaky. But you know, you get people saying, "Did you get my email?" Or, hey, I sent you something. Or just, hey. And, like, they're sneaky, but they, they work really well because they, they're actually what you would say. Like, that's the kind of subject line I would have if I sent you an email, Kate, a personal yeah. email. Exactly. Um, and I think a great place to look for those kinds of very clever emails is the spammers. Uh, because we all get emails from Sanjit telling us that we, our site is has terrible SEO and that he is the only one that can fix it. Um, and often the subject lines that these professional spammers use are pretty clever. Now, I'm not saying that you want to become a professional spammer, but just as if you're trying to write really great title tags for your website, you might have a look at Google AdWords ads because they're ads, they're optimized, they've tried them a million times. There's nothing wrong with having a look at what 
actual spammy people are doing and seeing if there's anything there that you can use in a less spammy way in your own emails because they got the tricks these guys i open their emails i'm so often sucked in to those emails and i'm pretty savvy so it's worth taking a look at what the dodgy guys are doing and seeing if you can do it in a non-dodgy way that's right um, the, another tip I have is is making the first sentence work hard. Like I know we're talking a bit out of subject lines here, but we talked about having a short subject line so that the words weren't truncated. Yeah. Um, but often in some email tools, like I know in Gmail, you see a little preview of the first line as well. So, you know, you can make that first sentence work really hard because it can back up the email subject line. So I mentioned I like to use a quick question and if I don't use it in the email subject line, I might put it in the first line. So I I try to let people know that my email isn't going to be an overhead, even if it actually is. Yeah, I think that's so important. And that talks to, you know, and it is part of it, talks to email design and how much of your email is actually going to be viewable in the read panel, in the preview pane or whatever you call it. And also, you know, these days I see increasingly people dropping the salutation. So you don't say, hey, Belinda or whatever, because it's not a letter. Um, that's That's a hangover from when emails were digital letters, you know, and these days you can cut straight to the chase. You know, you can have your compelling sales line as the first line. You don't need to have a salutation because obviously that's going to push the content further down the reading panel. So, um, you know, I think it's a great point that your subject line and the first line of your email should work in partnership like a double act. Um, I always talk about the title tag and the meta description in SEO being a double act. You know, it's like, and then the other person comes in and goes, ta-da! So I think that works for emails as well. So make them work in unison and don't repeat the same content that you have in your subject line in your preview panel. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Listen up, people. These are good tips. I'm just thinking about my emails that I've sent today. I'm just thinking I don't do any of this stuff. (laughs) We should start listening to our own podcast. Um, Another thing I kind of like to do is I, you know, I said – urgent like urgent reminder or urgent thing colon I often also like to use square brackets so if it's something is important I'll put important in square brackets and then a bit more um, a bit more information or I'll have new blog in square brackets and then the title of the blog or something like that yeah, that works really well for me I think it's it's that whole um, readability usability quick scan thing you know um, yeah. really makes the visual it- aspect that makes it pop yes and I mean even when you're not talking about sales emails even the emails that you send every day to clients so you know we're talking here more sound like we're talking more about marketing emails but as a copywriter you send a lot of emails to clients wanting them to do stuff and so getting clients to open emails and do the thing is really really hard so these techniques are all relevant not just for the emails you write for people but the emails you write to your own clients so you know I am totally fine with writing urgent must read today when I want them to read my copy deck today because I'm not working tomorrow and I really want the amends that day so you know try out some of these tactics with um, your clients because one of the things the biggest complaints the members of my community have is that you know those first emails go unnoticed so the clients made contact you've emailed them back and often what I find Belinda I don't know if you find but lots of copywriters don't have their email address set up so they don't have a business email address what happens is they get an email from their contact form and it redirects to something like gmail or hotmail and then they email from their gmail 
to the person and it's going to go straight to spam because mm. they've never, do you see what I mean? They've never yeah. seen that email address before. So you've really got to make your subject line as compelling as possible because most people will occasionally check through their spam or their promotions folder to try and find your email. So again, you know, make sure that it's really noticeable. I babbled a bit there. I hope I made sense. No, absolute sense. Make it clear. Make so clarity, it clear. clarity over cleverness always, people. Oh, I like that. There's our meme. Clarity over cleverness. Um, so we should do a wrap-up. What have we covered off in this episode? We've well, covered- we talked about staying out of the spam filter. We did. We talked about making them short and to the point so they don't truncate. We talked about making your subject lines descriptively accurate about the content. And not using punctuation or... Not using some punctuation like dollar signs and pound signs, but using square brackets and colons to help your email subject lines stand out. Yeah. And my last one is don't be a clickbaiter. Yeah, you've got to deliver on that promise. So if you promise with your subject line that this is going to be the most amazing email you've ever read, then you open it up and it's like an email about selling widgets. You're just going to make people be fed up. And we can yeah. talk about emails all day. Emails is one of my pet subjects. I don't know if you know, Belinda, but I used to be in charge of email marketing for a brand called O2 in the UK. Um, oh, yeah. big, I know. I had a proper job once. This is a long time ago. And I think one thing that we haven't covered off here today, because it's almost a separate subject, is you really need to segment your audience. Because if you can segment your audience by previous activity, what they've done, what they're into, what list they're on, what list within the list they're on, then subject line writing becomes so much easier. Because you're not trying to write one subject line that has to please everybody. You really can get down to the level where maybe your subject line is relevant to 80 of the people on your list and you have a different one for the other 90. You know what I mean? You can really get to the nub of what that person's issue is or pain point and make sure that your subject line eases it in some way. So segmentation is really big. Not possible on quite a few email platforms, but if you do you know, migrate to something like ActiveCampaign, and I'm pretty sure ConvertKit does it too, yeah, yeah. you can really get quite clever in tagging members of your list based on different things they've done. And then using that information to write really informed and engaging subject lines. Which goes back to your point about personalization. Make it actually personal. Don't just use their name. Yeah, it's not enough. Hi, Kate is not enough. Although, you know, the truth is, if someone just wrote hi, Kate, I'd open that email. (laughs) (sighs) There's what you should do and then what we do do. Yeah. And so I guess the uh, final point is pay attention to the emails that you open especially mm-hmm. the ones that you, if you then go, oh, spam, how did you, why did you open it? Pay attention, save it in a folder, create your own swipe file, people. And then send it to Belinda and I because we yeah. wouldn't start doing this stuff. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's wrap it up here. It's time to say goodbye. This is when we read out a review of the show. And um, today we're giving a shout out to Vejo85, who's in Sweden. And Vejo85 says, I do all my copy in Swedish, but I still have an enormous help from this podcast. Almost all episodes give me tips and insights that can be used in my work. So even if you don't write in English, give this podcast a try. Seems like copywriting is an international language and these girls speak it fluently. Keep up the good work. Oh, my I God. Yo, yo, yo. Which means yes in Swedish, I think. I know this from watching The Bridge. That is the, that is an awesome 
review thank you yes thank you very much and thank you to you for listening if you like the show don't forget to leave us a rating and review on itunes and stitcher we will read it out on the show and if we know who you are we will give you a link in all our marketing stuff and you can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your thoughts and comments on the blog post and just a final thing facebook and twitter let us know what you wish you could do better and uh well let's wrap it up there thank you kate Thanks, Belinda. Until next time, happy writing. So you're still listening? Great. Because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Hello and welcome to the sorry. Hot Copy Pod. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I didn't turn my email off. So I'm sorry. And it made a wishy noise. Okay, try again. Sorry. <laughs>